welcome back uh this is episode 81 it's a little it's a little late it's a little late but it's okay you know you can enjoy it uh right before the weekend you know it's just you know life life happened anyway this week i'm talking to you guys because so Destiny from Really Reading Romance had talked about uh like when you start rereading all of Nalini Singh's books, like it's like a Cassandra spiral, which if you've read any of the Guild Hunter books or most of the Guild Hunter books, then you're like, ah yes, I, I, I can see, you know, where that that comes from. If you haven't read them and you're like, the fuck are you talking about? Just think of it like as all of a sudden you go down this like spiral just reading more and more and more of that and that's what happened to me with um thea harrison's elder races uh books i was like i mean i have been reading them as i've been talking to you guys about but i like came across the novellas and um i will say i'll start off by saying this the novellas are pretty short like they're not long like a hundred and something pages or whatever not even or yes, a hundred and something. Um, I think the longest one was maybe two hundred and something. Um, maybe a little less. Uh, and when I say pages, I'm talking about like you know, not real paper pages, but on the uh library apps. Um, anyway, they were just so easy to read. So I ended up reading five of the novellas and two of the books. Yeah, you know, two of the main books. Now, I had not actually looked up the the reading like order for this series. I was going by like the what the library was saying, like book one, book two, book three, and the what I realized after checking out Thea's uh, Harrison's website is that she does slot in the novellas, so the novellas aren't like separate. It's like or they're not like a they're not it's not even listed as like a point five. It's literally it's like one, two, three, four, five, whatever. So what I have been considering book seven and book eight are really book fifteen and sixteen. Um and like the novellas that I would have just been like whatever, you know, like were both like four or five. I re- I read novellas four, six, seven, eight, and ten. Um so now knowing that, I'm like, oh, okay. It totally makes sense. Now, that being said, I don't think you need to necessarily read them in that specific order. I didn't actually read the novellas in order. Um, I found one and was like, oh, this kind of like the two characters. So I read Devil's Gate first and Sarah Mella and Duncan I'd already seen in um previous books because Sarah Mella shows up in Tiago and Ninian's book I think that's book two and Duncan uh who works with Carling had shown up both I think very very briefly in Tiago and Ninian's book but then he shows up in Carling and Rune's book so I was like oh these two um i've read about them like they were secondary characters or whatever i would like love to you know see like what their book looks like not really understanding that like the novellas themselves also have like their own sort of like specific through line right so so okay basically this week's episode i really wanted to like talk about all that 
So I'm gonna have to spoil it because it would be really hard to. They're so short. Like if I not spoiling, then what am I talking about? So if you are like, ew, spoilers make me upset. La la la, all that nonsense. Then you might want to listen to this episode after you've read these books. If you know you're never going to read them, so therefore the spoilers don't matter, then you can keep listening. If you don't care about spoilers, then you can keep listening. But I just, you know, don't want you to be like, wow, should I go and spoil these books? But also, you know, like, weren't released yesterday, but whatever. Um, And now my life is ruined. Like, I don't want to do that to people because that's rude um, and not cool. Um, But yeah, so... I, so what happened was I first read what I at the time thought was book seven, but I now know otherwise, which was uh, Knight's Honor. Knight's Honor, I was only able to find an audiobook copy. I have access to New York Public Library, Brooklyn Public Library, and Queens Public Library. And there was just like the audiobook. I'm not usually a fan of audiobooks. I really struggle with them um because I'm just like either the narrator's voice makes me want to like you know shake out my ear own ears or I just can't focus on the story and therefore I like zone out and come back and I'm like wait where were we now I have to like rewind and I just get frustrated so I don't do it but I really was like well I really want to read this and I want to know what happens so fine I'm just gonna do the audiobook and I surprisingly really liked it I finished the whole book I think there were maybe like one or two no maybe three or four points where I did have to do a bit of a rewind because I was like literally listening to it while I was working or whatever um so there were a few times where I had to like kind of be like wait what just happened let me go back but all in all it was actually really like good experience um and I was surprised because like I said I usually am like it's audiobooks so book so that book knight's um knight's honor um has tess and xavier del toro tess is a human xavier del toro is a vampire and we've seen xavier before because he's the shows up very briefly in rune and Carling's book, because Carling was the night kind, you know, queen or whatever, ruler. And then she was on the Elder Tribunal. She, like, you know, was residing within the night kind. Oh, and listening to the audiobook, I was like, oh, it's not Demen. Demen. What did I keep? I kept saying Demen. Menzes. It's basically like a different way of saying domain like domain they have saying domain and i was like demesna and they're like no girl it's domain and i was like okay fine i guess maybe perhaps anyway we we if you are reading in order you've met xavier before very very briefly you just you know are like oh yeah he's like julian's like right hand man um and julian is the night kind king um but that's really all you know about him. And Tess, we've never met. Now, okay, two things. I enjoyed the book. I did. Uh, good Lord, was it a, what I, I would consider a slow burn? I was like, oh my God, when do they get together? And to be quite honest, like, the two of them don't really come together and start to figure out the, like, their feelings and all that crap 
I want to say after 50% of the book or uh, it could be not it felt like a long time it felt like forever for me personally so I was kind of like what in the what like when is this happening is this not happening or, and then it was like no so you are reading a romance it's going to happen but when is it going to happen because <laughs> it has not happened um so I again I enjoyed it but that was something that I was kind of like oh um and I think part of part of it is Tess as a human is like first starts out as seeing vampires as literal monsters and then you know well, the whole thing about getting to zone of the model of jazz and which I thought was interesting um because one of the things that Thea Harrison is doing with these books so in her world right in this world that she's crafted and created the elder races, which are made up of, you know, the light fae and the dark fae and the demon kind and the night kind and the weird, were weird, whatever. Um, in this world, there are so many um, brain, brain just died. Oh, there are all of these sort of, you know, I guess, paranormal or whatever uh, groupings. And they live alongside humans. There is no, we're hiding from humans. No, it's all very much, it's out of the open. The domains are within the United States. There are seven of them within the continent of the United States. They're where, like, you know, they work with the U.S. government, vice versa. Like, this is not like, there are paranormal series where you read and, like, the paranormal creatures or whatever are hiding from humanity and are terrified of being exposed that is not the case in this sort of world humans are well aware that there are all of these things going on around them and everyone just like goes about their business um and lives their lives whether they're in regular earth or the other lands um which i don't think humans can get to the other lands Without, like, someone who has, like, affinity for that, affinity to magic, can get you through. Anyway, before I get too uh, off-topic, Tess, of course, is a character that... Because up until this book, have any of the pairings... Yes, we have had another pairing that was, like, human. One half was human, right? Grace um, in Oracle's Moon. But Grace also was from a long line of family. From a family line that has always held a supernatural power or paranormal power whatever you want to call it so yes we are human but we are very much aware of like what this like other sort of world looks like and we are on the periphery of it at the very least if not um involved in it so other than grace i don't think anybody else is like full human in this series up until this point right we've got you know yeah, I don't think so. So the Pia's weird, Ninian's dark fae, Carling's vampire, then we got Grace, then we got um, Lord's Fall where we go back to Pia and Drago, so same thing. Then we go to Ariel, who's a harpy, now, that's what I was calling book six, and the public libraries are calling book six, but it's not book six according to the reading order on the website. Um, yes, yeah, so Tessa is, like, our first, like, full human who is not 
in this like specific world um and so she oh uh, sorry got distracted by my notes so her reaction and the way she's like you know very like oh my god vampires are literal monsters and as she gets to know xavier and the people around him and all of that i was kind of like i'm a little like over her being all like i'm so scared i was like well then why are you here i understood why she was there and i understood what why she did what she did but i was still very much like you're annoying me also i think this is the one book where like the quote-unquote like like how the bad things happen i was like oh i i feel like i can i know who who did the who did the betrayal and i did and i was like oh whereas i think in other books it wasn't obvious to me and i'm i'm not one of those people like usually it takes me a few reads to be like oh my goodness look the clues all there and i just could not follow the you know the breadcrumbs this time i was like wow these are not breadcrumbs this is a full goddamn loaf followed by another full goddamn loaf like it was it felt very like i was like damn girl like what um so i was a little like interesting i wonder why that happened um but i again i did enjoy it it was just like those two things the couple taking forever to get together and the like the betrayal moment and who betrayed them seemed so like wow like there was no no really question of it being anyone else. I was kind of like, okay, I'm right, okay. Um, now what I think this book does so well is it sets up, it does set up the next book, um, book eight slash 16, whatever, Midnight's Kiss, which is uh, the book with Melisande and Julian. And Julian is a night kind king, right? And so this book, I think, really sort of gives us enough information about both Melisande and Julian that once we're in their book, we aren't, like, too, like, lost in in regards to their relationship and everything that's going on with them. Because in their case, it's not a question of, like, oh, we are um, doing some weird slow burn. No, this is, like... I guess theirs would be a second chance. Like, they had been together, broke up, and then got back to get back together in their book, right? So, I think, you know, Knight's uh, Honor does a good job of setting that up. And I guess of setting up the fact that, like, a lot of shit is happening and changing and in a different part of the world. Because each domain, uh, domain, whatever, is... I wouldn't, I guess, no, I guess they are, like, seven different governments, right? And so, you've got very much, like, we got to really see, like, what the weird domain was and how it operated. And now we're seeing, you know, like, how the night kind one is. And we've seen, like, the dark fae. And I think, uh, in Midnight's Kiss, we see a little bit of the light fae. I feel like as far as the books, the light fae, are the ones we really spend the least amount of time with, almost. Because we're spending all the time with vampires and weirds and da-da-da. So, they they were the most, I guess, like, oh, is that what it's like over here kind of thing. Um, I definitely... Now, 
because I think I personally, when I like a world, I love reading about anything about it. I'm just like, oh yeah, like give me any sort of slice of life, whatever. And I think that what's really cool is the novellas are, because again, they are very short. So we're not getting like crazy, in-depth, whatever that we might get in novels. But it's almost like it's, um, it's enriching the world in general because you're just getting additional knowledge. Now, I realized, so I, I read Devil's Gate first. Then I went on to read, I think I read Devil's Gate first, followed by The Wicked, followed by, uh, I can't remember. After that, I think I, like, immediately, like, I didn't, like, it wasn't like, there was breaks, like, it was like one after the other. I think after The Wicked, I read Hunter Season, then Natural Evil, and ended with True Colors. Realized after... Oh, there was definitely like a specific. Uh, there's a mention of a tarot deck in the f- in four out of the five that I read, and I was like, "Oh, I this this this, this is on purpose." <laughs> I think by the time I got to the third book where I saw it come up, I was like, "Oh, wait, wait, wait!" So once I saw the reading order, I was like, "Oh, that makes sense. I get it. I get it." So the reading order should be True Colors followed by Natural Evil, followed by Devil's Gate, followed by Hunter's Season. And those four, specifically, have a tarot deck that we first see in True Colors. Now, when I was... True Colors technically is book four, so it's the book that you should read after you finished reading Rune and Carling's book, because they're book three. I don't remember this deck being mentioned in their book. But there's part of me that thinks it probably was present in their book. I just, you know, do not recall because brain is old. Um, but I wonder because Carling had had this library with so many like specific and old texts and whatnot. So anyway... In True Colors, right, uh, that book, we've got Alice and Gideon. They're both weir. And they meet because, as usual, there are awful people in the world. And Alice is... Alice shows up at the scene of her best friend's murder. It's really, really not fun. Um, And Gideon is the cop trying to figure out what's going on. And he was a commander in Dragos's uh army at one point like he's weird he's you know um he's not an immortal weir because that was the other thing that I started realizing as I was reading there are immortal weir who literally are immortal and were basically formed at the time that the earth was formed and so uh, carry I guess the literal spark of creation and then there's like the other weir who aren't you know so they live long like they're not like they're still living 200 something 300 400 years but they're not immortal um like you know um dragos and like rune and you know the griffins who are like literally were there when the earth was created uh kind of thing so gideon and gideon and alice are um mating at first sight kind of thing like they literally 
see each other and are both she she knows immediately that oh damn he's my mate and she's a little like freaked out because at first she thinks he might have been the killer and he's all like my whole world has shifted my axis has changed you know he keep he kept mentioning true north which i thought was interesting um so it took him a, it wasn't until she was like mm, i mean he was like oh that's what that is and i was like oh look at you being slow um so the deck she has the deck and she realizes that the serial killer because there's a serial killer is doing horrible things with people's bot with the corpses uh in the corpses organs in the same way that you would lay out a specific this specific tarot deck that she works with or whatever so this is the first time we see the deck and whatever whatever so i was like hmm okay now i had obviously read the others so it I feel like it obviously would be very different if you're reading them in order because you're not you're gonna read about the deck and you're be like oh okay cool whatever and not necessarily be able to think anything of it the next book natural evil right has claudia and louise and claudia's human louise is weird now what i think is interesting is that we don't see in alice and gideon's book the book leave alice's possession but we find out in Claudia and Luisa's book that Claudia gets the deck because she's literally walking in New York City and Alice, we now know it's Alice because of the description, but obviously Claudia doesn't know who this woman is, grabs her and is like, I need to give this to you. And Claudia is special forces and is human, but with a touch of other land whatever so she has a touch of telekinesis which i thought was really cool um and she's just kind of like so she has this deck with her and every time she pulls it out she every single time she pulls out the seven major arcana like the seven major cards and does it matter how many times she's shuffled that's what she keeps pulling out and she like basically looked it up and i was like oh that signals like some a massive like life change is coming but what who knows and she's just like i don't really know much about this so in claudia and louise's book claudia comes across a very injured louise louise is in his weird form as a wolf and he is or dog and he he looks like a wolf dog whatever and he's like injured injured not like and she rescues him and this cop is kind of like what are you doing and she's like this dog had i need to get into a vet but because she's in in special forces and she's obviously someone who has to has you know i think it's mentioned that she was a green beret so we're not even talking like oh we're talking about someone who is has trained to be very much aware of everything she was kind of like that cop came up came across me like real quick and the thing is when she first sees the injured um dog she's like maybe it would be more humane to just like put a bullet in him because there may not be saving him and he is you know suffering but she was like no i think i want to try and save him when the cop pulls her over cop's like oh well maybe it would just be best to let him go but she's kind of like why is that even coming out your mouth like what is going on here and so she what i really liked about claudia is like she was very like quick on the uptake i was like oh yes girl like she was in all like oh i don't know what she was just like hmm 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 something is up here one plus two is not equaling three Mm -mm. 
six and seven are not equaling 13. What is happening? And turns out it's a weird. So someone who, you know, is both human and whatever. And he's been investigating um, a, a local mine. And what I, okay, so all of that's going on, right? Luis is much younger than her. She's like 40 something. He's like 27. Um, once he like shifts into his like human form, he's like this massive, like six, almost six, six dude. And she's just like, damn, like Jesus. And he's all like, oh, she's hot. And she's all like, what is happening here? Oh God, no. Um, and she's kind of like, this not happening. He's like, well, why, why not? Like, I got time. And she's just like, you're a child. And no. And he's like, I don't care. So you shouldn't either. Um, and I thought it was like, I liked that she was like an older woman, a human woman, and just was very much like, very like, knew her shit. And was very like, good. Because she ends up like, having to like, uh, she mentions how, like, the only way that they're going to be able to, you know, stop what's going on with this, like, mine is if he goes and gets more of his, like, the, the, he works for the Elder Tribunal, and he's all like, I can't, like, leave you, and she's like, oh, excuse me, mm, green beret hair, you can, yeah, it's fine, um, and so, now what's interesting is, when they are heading out of town after everything has happened so basically what had happened was these people had a mine and then managed to find an entrance to an other land and in the other lands there are sometimes veins of like magic rich silver or gold which are then really coveted because you can then use that to create you know objects or whatever for spells yada 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 all this stuff and so what they basically did, being the terrible people that they are, is that they, um, oh, and he didn't know, um, Luis, who was there, he was just like, oh, I just have to, you know, do basically, like, the inspection to be like, oh, yeah, this mine, whatever. Because the only thing that they knew was that there was, like, more sm- magic, magically silver on the black market, but they weren't sure where it was coming from. And he really was just going to go make sure that this mine had nothing to do with that and go about his business but stumbled across like the crossover passage like felt it the magical energy of the crossover passage so what the the people at the mine had done because if you have uh, access to the other land you are not allowed and there's no one on the other side like technically because there can be people on the other side like that be whoever's on the other side it's that's their property you can't be like well i'm on this side of the passage so i can just cross over and this is mine because there could be someone living there now if there's no one living there you still aren't allowed to uh claim it as yours it just stays whatever so this awful uh, mine company had a crossover a bunch of humans who could not get back and forth because you do need to have um some sort of magical affinity to be able to cross over or else it, I guess the passage well because you won't know where the passage is if you don't have um the sensitivity to to magic you won't be able to find it so they'd cross them over and had them mining as slaves for food anyway when they're heading out of town together they stop off no she leaves them 
she's like i'm not doing this and then he's like at the gas station like with his stuff like so we're heading out together and she's like wait what and he's like i just want to get drop off the truck and get my stuff like and i'm coming with you she has the deck right which after they meet and like realize that like they are very you know into each other and he he realizes that he can mate with her because he's weird the the deck no longer oh and he also was like into knew about tarot because his grandmother had been into it and had taught him everything and she was like wait what when he does the deck after you know the they've been together it's no longer showing up the seven um major cards because the the life changing event has happened yeah so anyway when they're at the gas station before they head to town she has a deck in her car and someone ends up jacking it she never really realizes who and like that's the end of their story because that then leads us into book seven which is devil's gate which is the first one i read devil's gate we've got saramella and duncan saramella is medusa duncan is vampire we meet saramella first in book two um she is a medical examiner um at the coroner's office in chicago so when ninian uh is almost assassinated there are two assassination attempts on her and it there's this whole thing because there are people who are working with the dark fae trying to make it seem like it's the weird trying to assassinate her to just like throw everything into chaos especially since she's been working for the leader of the weir this entire time like what kind of craziness that would be so tiago knowing of saramella goes to her kind of being like can you help us like figure out like autopsy you know these whatever would be assassins so we can figure out like what is going on here um so that's when we first meet her right and i i really liked when i remember when i was reading that i was like a medusa okay and it's not like oh everyone looks at her and she turns to st- everyone turns to stone like no that's not that's just like a thing that's like a i guess a stereotype but not a reality and i was like oh that's okay that's like it's so interesting like she literally you know and it talks about how like you know the older a medusa gets the longer their snakes get and they're like dreadlocks and their snakes will eventually depending on their age basically get all the way to the ground and i was like oh okay cool so- okay so i had to cut it off right there because the audio got real real weird for me anyway i was talking about duncan and sarabella and i was talking about how you know i really after having seen her in book two i was like oh okay cool and so when i saw that this novella was going to be her and duncan i was like oh okay like yes i want to read this right so this is the first of the novellas that i start reading and sarah mella and duncan are going to this place called devil's gate which is in i believe somewhere in nevada um outside of las vegas because that is where uh saramella's niece is supposed to be so her niece veta who isn't like a literal child like veta i think is like maybe 19 believe is like kind of a wild child and so saramella's sister is kind of like oh my god you need to help me and veta is kind of like oh okay what i got from this was like this is a typical thing and saramella is getting to that point where you often get to when your family continues to sort of 
take advantage of you of being like, okay, I can't just keep dropping everything in my life to like go and deal with like your child. <laughs> okay. So the novella starts out with like Sarah Mel is just going to be going by herself, but Duncan shows up. And I think it's once she mentions where she's going that he's like, yeah, I'm coming with you. Like we are going, <laughs> not you. We are going. And um, because he is very much aware of what Devil's Gate is. And Devil's Gate is this place that has sprung up because there's a modern day gold rush happening. There has been discovery of magic laced silver and gold, I think, or maybe it was might have just been magic laced gold in this area, which is a huge thing because, you know, the idea of the gold rush seemed to be some sort of, you know, remnant of the past like a something that had happened but no longer happened and out of nowhere someone had like struck gold or whatever so a people obviously rush to go and what build what grows out of that right you have a place that's filled with people who are literally prospecting for gold but then you have all the people who are there to provide all of the other services right you're going to need food. So someone's there hopefully providing food. Someone's there providing entertainment. And there seemed to be no like real jurisdiction. Like who, like was the United States government supposed to be, you know, maintaining the order? Was it one of the domains nearby? And so it's sort of this like currently lawless place. So Duncan and Saramella head there um, looking for Veta and quickly they realize that um, Veta is like, they are informed that Veta is going to be hanged in the morning because she's murdered someone. And they're just like, wait, what? And Sarah Mel is like, there's no way. And so it it's in this book. I don't know if we even hear of this uh, Jin in the fourth book um, or in the Oracle Moon book. Um, I don't know that we actually hear about him. And actually, I think in the order in which the books are to be read according to the website, I think that this novella comes before we get to that book. So I don't think this is the very first time we hear of this Jin Malthus. And he is a first generation Jin and he is a pariah and he is all so powerful because first generation Jin, um, like Immortal Weir, I believe were created at the creation of the, you know, the planet, all that jazz. And they are like literal beings of power. Like they can take on a human form, but they literally are just like power energy kind of thing. And so Malthus is like, she needs to hang because someone needs to be responsible for the death of a power broker in the in this settlement and this power broker i think his name was kieran um was a dark fae now the reason why he is dead is not because homegirl veta killed him because she didn't she is she's literally a child um he is dead because he had something to do with the group of people who assassinated Ninian's entire family so that her uncle could you know become king right so really this is just like overdue justice so Duncan and Sarabella right they 
when we meet them in the book, right, this isn't because in the other two novellas, right, Alice and Gideon had never met before, instantly see each other, instantly realize there's a connection. Claudia and Luis had never met before. Um, and Luis obviously catches on, I think, to like something is up with the way that he feels for this woman. And then she like also catches on. Um, in both of those books, they are strangers. In this book, Duncan and Sarah Mello essentially are co-workers. They, they both moved to Florida to work uh, with Carling and Rune. Carling and Rune have started a sort of like agency that has like, you know, what they consider underutilized people within the different domains um, that can, you know, help with with elder race problems essentially so they've been working together so they've been around each other so this was very much it felt like they've been in their heads like i'm attracted to this person but you know oh my god you know whatever that whole like oh i like them they're cute but you know they aren't going to be interested in me or i have no idea i think sarah mel is very uh like oh my god like he would never like be interested in me whereas Duncan it's very clear from the jump that he's like no I'm fully like what yes her I want me um and so we sort of get to see in this book like the two of them being like okay like we should do this like we want to do this we're on the same page like let's do this as opposed to it being like this weird like oh no we're not you know they're they we luckily don't have that weird like we can't do this moment they're both like oh we're adults we're single and we both want this so yes um but i really enjoyed like seeing the two of them working together um the way that um so sarah mella's snakes and it this i also really was like ooh um it becomes very clear that for the Medusa, their snakes aren't, are a part of them, but the snakes themselves are, like, have a level of autonomy, I guess. They're not, like, it's not like the Medusa are, like, I feel like they could tell their snakes, do this, do that, but the snakes also can make the certain decisions for themselves. Um, so they like really like him from the beginning like the snakes are always like trying to be all over duncan because they're just like "Mm, yeah we yeah we like this we like him he smells good um which i was like that is hilarious to me like i love that the snakes were like and he isn't like weirded out by it or thrown off by it he's like they're cool i like that they like me and i'm just like ah see this is why they work because he understands, he doesn't see her snakes as this, like, off-putting, strange thing. He understands that she is, she is everything, including her snakes. And, like, that is all one thing, as opposed to othering her by being like, oh, well, it's weird that you have, you know, snakes on your head or whatever. Um, So I really, really liked that. And, What's then interesting, right, is Veta was in Devil's Gate reading tarot out of from this like really cool deck that she had noticed 
that she had stolen from the back of a woman's car in this town when she had been, I think, on her way to Devil's Gate. And so that, I think, uh, when I got to Claudia and Luis's book, I was like, this is the woman that she stole the deck from. Okay. Now, something I think I completely forgot to mention earlier, the deck apparently pulsed with a, a kind of power. So anyone who could sense, right, power, magical power, could sense it in the deck, which is, I think, what drew Veta to it. So Veta, of course, having gone through what she's gone through, doesn't want to have anything to do with the deck. And before, when um, Duncan and Sarah Mell are able to get veta away from malthus and you know um at least you know fit get her away from him they still have to like get out of the, this area but they're able to get her away from him is because duncan is like listen um i know enough people who would like go after you yes you're a first generation gin, so it's gonna need a lot of people but you know i know so because through his his boss, Carling. Carling knows Khalil, who's a first generation Jinn, whose father is Soren, who is like on the Elder Tribunal. Um, and the House of Marid or Marid that they're a part of is like a powerhouse house. So Malfus is kind of like, okay, I guess this isn't worth my time, like holding on to this girl. So as they're trying to like get out of this area, because other people like still are like, but she killed him. And it's like, no, she didn't this other woman comes up to them and is like i'll help you guys get out da, da, da. and then it's like wait like how do you know that veta is like innocent she's like well i know because like well i killed homeboy and it was like oh my god like you killed him and veta was like oh, and you were gonna and she was like i was gonna say something if i could you know it didn't occur to her they were gonna blame veta because the person who does kill um uh the dark fae elf right uh for his crimes Z her name is xanth right and she was sent there to do that so i don't remember the exact scene but veta basically was like i need to get i don't want anything to do with this deck and i think it's sarah mella who suggests like to xanth like why doesn't she take it back with her to um the dark fey lands like when she goes home um, because maybe she can figure out like what to do with it because Sarah Mella feels power pulsing off of it but she's not really sure what it means so then we go on to book eight which is Hunter's Season now Hunter's Season is Xanth and Aubrey Aubrey we have met before and Aubrey is the husband of the woman who was trying to assassinate Ninian because she felt Aubrey's wife felt that with Urien having died, Aubrey should ascend to the throne. So Ninian showing up out of the blue being like, actually, I'm the child of the real king that was killed and it's my throne was something she was not cool with. So she was trying to have her killed. And he finds out and it's like really, really, really like awful to know that like you've we're married to this woman. So in the case of Xanth and Aubrey, 
Xanth knows of Aubrey and has known of him for quite some time because she's been, you know, a member. She's been, well, no, she, was she a member of the guard when Urien took the throne? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, her father was uh, when Urien took the throne. And so her father passes in that whole, like, bloody, bloody um, transfer but she, you know, ends up also going, I guess, to be a, a soldier or a captain or whatever. And it starts off with her sort of seeing Aubrey as this, like, like hero on a pedestal. Like, because he's worked so hard for the people and even with everything that happened, like, he's still, you know, he's working with Ninian and making sure that, you know, the Dark Fae can come out of this sort of, like, period where they... um where their borders because i think what's also interesting sorry guys my brain went to a whole other a whole other place the dark fae primarily because urian just wanted power and didn't like you know want to really open up his borders predominantly live in the other lands and in the other lands technology does not work like at all so what I think was really interesting was Devil's Gate, Natural Evil, and True Colors, right? Feel like they're happening in, like, quote-unquote present day. Like, they're happening in, you know, I mean, True Colors, I believe. Is, True Colors is set in New York. Natural Evil is set somewhere not in, maybe near Nevada, somewhere down there. Um <laughs> And Devil's Gate, like I said, Miami slash... So it's like, you know, modern. There's cell phones, jets, uh, cars, all that jazz. Then we get to Hunter Season. And it feels like, like in the characters in the book, we're now in this completely other land, right? We're in this other place where how everything runs and works is very different because you don't have technology. So Xanth goes from being in the, you know, in Devil's Gate and all that to crossing back over to the other land and going to the small sort of cottage that she lived in with her father before her father passed. And it, it, it would, I remember as I was reading it, it felt like such a shift, which I thought was so interesting. And it felt a lot more high fantasy in that regard to me. Anyone who reads high fantasy is be like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But to me, it felt like that. I understand that you're going to be like, mm, the answer is no. But for me, that's that's what it felt like. So I thought that that was such a fascinating sort of like, juxtaposition i guess is the word yeah we'll go with that so what ends up happening in this book where she has the deck and she like is pretty sure that it's a tool or something from i believe it's the 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 god of basically everything or whatever uh talis Talisian, Talasian, however you say her, her name. And she, what I also really liked, we get like matchmaking from Nidian because basically Aubrey gets 
attacked, almost dies, um, but doesn't. And because um, she has been spending time around him because she's now part of Nadine's guard because her cover was blown when she was off killing the other loser. She's been spending time around him and she's been really like, she, she's, you know, when you're like having like slash crush slash hero worship of a person. And then when he almost dies, she's like, and I think Ninian notices like, oh, wait, wait a minute. So they bring him to her cottage because why, how would anyone know to look for him there? And are like, you have to stay here while we figure out what's going on. And we'll let you know when it's safe to come back. And he has has also been noticing her. But now, of course, they're in this cottage together alone. There's only one bed, guys. Um, which I, I am a sucker for only one bed. And it's just so fascinating to see because she's very much like, I'm a commoner. You're like, you know, someone who's been helping to lead our people for so long. And he's like, okay, but I want to be happy. Like, and if people got a problem with that, people got a problem with that, but I deserve happiness. And so I thought it was really nice because clearly he had had what he thought was a really, you know, you know, warm and comforting sort of relationship with his first wife. And that had been more about like, you know, this works this is a good idea for both of us unless she turned out to be like a crazy betrayer a traitor treason person and so then he like actually falls in love and i was like oh um and they end up bringing the deck to the temple and the deck disappears so that is where the deck the deck makes its way home which i thought was really fascinating because like when you once i like once i read that and like realized i was like oh well no because i think i read hunter season and i think after that i read true colors and i was like oh so we first see the deck in new york with alice who's who had had it for a number of years and then the deck was like it's time for me to go home and in the process like you know affect certain situations and then we'll go home um so i was like oh okay and i liked that sort of connection through the novellas right because again they were really short but it it didn't i didn't feel like they were lacking like i didn't like get to the end and go well what like i need 700 more pages or better i mean i would gladly take more pages but i didn't need them sometimes you read stuff and you're like now this needed more like where 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 is the rest that wasn't the case um with this i was like oh okay this makes sense now the last of the novellas that i read the wicked um that's all olivia and sebastian now what's fascinating about this one this one has nothing to do with the deck at the point where this um novella takes place carling and rune are in uh, miami and she wants to transport her library to her. Julian doesn't want her anywhere near the night kind domain. And at first, when I read this novella, had I already read his book? I think I had. And so I realized as I was reading this novella, one of the reasons why Julian didn't want Carling anywhere near his domain is because 
Carling was his sire, meaning she was the person who turned him. And in this world, your sire can command you to do anything. Absolutely anything. And at this point in his life, having Julian was turned, God only knows how long. He he was a general in like a Roman army. So since Roman times, it's a long, long time, right? He's at this point where he doesn't, you know, he, he, and he's also like the night kind king because Carling asked him to do that. And it's just like, I don't want you to be here and be able to just tell me what to do. Like, I'm my own individual. But in this case, right, your sire can just, they can tell you what to do. Like your hand, uh, walk around in a circle, find a chicken, quack like a chicken, like any of those things. So when I read this novel, I had already read his book, so I understood more. I think had I read this, I'd have been like, Julie, why are you being so annoying? Like, what the hell? But once I understood, like, his reasons, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah that would be a little, like, no, girl. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And Carling, to be fair, had been very erratic and whatnot because she was dealing with her illness. Anyway, back to Olivia and Sebastian. Olivia is a Cuban, like, wig? I can't I No, I'm pretty sure she was a, a, they called her a symbologist. Like, that was her, um, what's it called? Um, occupation. And so symbologists, like, work with magic, artifacts, papers, etc., etc. So Carling has a team put together because she ends up basically having to go to court being like yo this is my property yes this other land exists within julian's domain but the other land and the house and everything there that is mine and i just want to take that library out we can't just leave everything i've accumulated there because like it needs to be properly secured and like she had like fled um when she had to go so there are three symbologists that are going to uh, the Night Kind Domain, which is the San Francisco Bay Area. And their job is to, like, go through the passage, which is, like, underwater. Like, you have to swim through to get to, like, you basically go through that passage and then come out and you're in the other land. And it's just really this one island where her house is. And there's, like, a wood, a wooded area that has like a sentient like bird species so once all of her stuff is out she had done something so it'll it'll just be protected so that this um sentient bird species can continue to just live on this island and no one can do anything to them anyway olivia is like like i said human Sebastian is weird. Uh, Sebastian is an owl weird. Now, I say owl weird very like excitedly because I love the idea of an owl shifter. I keep hoping that anyone who is like writing shifter books does like birds of prey, like owls, eagles, hawks, uh, like all of that because I'm like, okay, like we've got wolves, we've got lions, why not? birds of prey hello hello um so he's got this like security company he's really awesome all this jazz but he's also got a curse against him it's really 
really terrible and he's losing his sight and it was like they meet and they're both kind of like what is this like she's like wow he's hot and he's like oh and then it's like because he's weird you know he realizes like i could fall for her and it all happens very quickly now this again i think was another novella now in the novella i was like okay it makes sense um but like the bad guy was it was very clear oops sorry it was very clear from the beginning who the bad guy was and i was like oh terrible i was like i see it i see it coming and then he was you know he did the bad thing and i was like but they caught him and whatever he'd basically been bribed by some other man with like a shit ton of money to like get some specific like thing that was in carling's library and like he killed people to get to it and i was like and then you know he ended up having to be killed anyway um but whatever but i also really did enjoy this pairing um because at first olivia's kind of like wow like sebastian's like this wanderer he goes all these places and that's not who i am so i don't see how this could work but whatever but sebastian is at a point in his life where he's like no i'm ready to just be like settled like i don't want to be on constantly on the road and all this and all that i was like oh so cute um so yeah i really did enjoy uh that novella and seeing like like an owl oh, i was like yes yes an owl Woo. um i didn't mention it but i guess i can mention it now alice is a rainbow chameleon weir and i was like what and so like i was like i really like that in this world like we are can be so many different things um because i think very often paranormal um we get like i said wolves lions bears but i'm like but there are so many other choices they don't have to just be those those specific ones now midnight's kiss because i feel like i talked a bit about night's honor but i didn't really talk about melisande and and julian melisande and julian this is a book where we really sort of see more of the light fae. I don't think we'd really seen much of them. We know that they exist in this world, but we've really spent more time with dark fae. And um, we just haven't spent that much time with the light fae. Anyway, Melisande and Julian had had an affair in the 90s that ended up, that was... Uh, I was going to say an amicable split. No, an acrimonious split. They break up because he is like, you cheated on me. And she's like, sir, what are you talking about? Anyway, fast forward to whatever present day. And Julian, right, as Nightkind King, he's Nightkind King because Carling basically was like, I'm going to go on the tribunal. You're going to be king. And as his sire, that's we realized in this book it was more of like a command not like a suggestion but there are people or other vampires who are kind of like nah we don't we don't like the fact that you're the one in charge so there's a specific vampire named justine who's just like nah so in xavier's book she tries to kill xavier she fails but she realizes that in failing to kill xavier who is julian's progeny as in julian turned um xavier that julian is obviously gonna come after her 
So she goes after Melisande and is kind of like, if he has any feelings for you, he's going to show up and try and save you, which he does. And so the two of them have to work together and to get um, to escape from these like underground like subway tunnels in San Francisco. And it was really interesting because, again, I felt like Xavier and Tessa's book was more of setup for Julian and Melisande in some ways. Um because we see like Julian and Melisande arguing and we learn um, more about like the vampire world in that book. So when we get to Julian and Melisande's book, we understand like we had heard about the fact that there were like feral vampires, meaning vampires who are addicted to drugs. They can't take drugs themselves, but they can drink drugs. They can drink the blood of, you know, drug addicted or drug addled humans but that basically turns them like into mindless feral whatever things and the fact that they're always in the tunnels and they're always trying to get flushed out but julian's never able to completely eradicate them and then in the in julian and melisande's book we realize oh part of it is because like justine made sure to keep certain parts of tunnels like that he wasn't aware of and all that jazz um anyway justine is very very crazy and justine is also working with malthus now malthus showed up in that novella right and it's like oh this guy is uh, terrible <laughs> um and justine is terrible and together ugh, they're not together very long but they just like do work together and it's like this is not good this is not good at all oh wait oh so sorry no we see we see Malthus in the novella, but we then see Malthus in Tess and Xavier's book because Tess literally shows up and tries to become a part of Xavier's household as one of his attendants in the hopes that he can protect her from Malthus because she realizes that Malthus is consistently, um, because he runs all these casinos, he tries to get people into debt to him so he can then have favors. And he was trying to get um the son of a senator in his back pocket and she actually like let the senator know and she's like oh my god he's gonna come after me and then the senator's son dies and she's like he's definitely gonna come after me i completely forgot about that so malthus is clearly a horrible um terrible first generation gin and tess actually like bluffs and is able to like get him to back off which I thought was that I thought was really well done. Anyway, we see Malthus again in this book. Um, and we, if you read the blurb for the book that comes after Shadows End, Malthus is also present in that book. So I'm, I haven't gotten to that one yet. So I'm curious to see what happens in that book. Anyway, Melisande and Julian have to work together. What I thought was really interesting is their whole, um, their first breakup happens because he gets evidence that she has cheated throughout the book they work together and he gets to a point where he's like you know what it doesn't matter like i am happy with you like i don't want to go back to being so angry and so bitter and so lonely so it happened and i'm i can i can and will move past it and she's kind of like, okay, I now need to know how this happened because I know I didn't cheat on you. So how did this happen? 
And when he essentially informs her that there were pictures of her sleeping with Therian, who I believe is the elven heir, one of the elves. Dun, dun, dun. She has a twin. So it becomes clear that her twin, um, her twin kind of decided to meddle. Um, and she was just like, oh my God. And she doesn't end up like, you know, banishing her twin or anything, but she kind of lets her twin know, like, I know what you did and I'm really angry and it's going to take me time to get over that. And her twin was kind of like, ah, oops, my bad. I didn't think he was good for you kind of thing. And it's like, but you don't know. And how dare you? Um, but yeah, I did enjoy like Julian and Melisand. And I liked that everyone underestimated her. And she was so much more, um, what's the word, resourceful than I think any of the characters expected with maybe the exception of her mother i think everyone consistently underestimated her throughout the book and i think that was one of the things where julian started to be like wait a minute you know this is she is like so smart and capable and i'm an idiot like why would i let someone like this go um and i was just kind of like Mm-hmm. And this is where you find out, like, oh, like, he's tired of, you know, doing, running the, the nine kind domain, but he currently told him to, and that's not a, like, a, a suggestion. And so he ends up reaching out because, you know, they, they've had a really sort of bad couple of months because he literally was like, you can't leave that island and when she did he was like you left that island so now like what the hell um but he ends up reaching out being like i know that i messed up and i know that like i probably should have you know communicated better yada yada all that jazz and but he's like but i i need you to like you know let me walk away from this and she's like Okay, I can say the words over the phone, but they probably won't be powerful enough unless I'm in front of you. But she comes, like, almost immediately with, um, Rune. Does she come with the Khalil? Does Khalil bring them, or do they come by plane? I think Khalil brings them. Anyway, he is able to, you know, he decides that he's gonna take a step back. He's gonna, Xavier's gonna be regent while he's getting figuring out what he wants to do and how he's going to live his life and everyone in the night kind of is just gonna have to deal with it because also like justine oh because justine and this other vampire try to take over and then a bunch of people have to die or whatever it's not you know boo boo but he's like i need a break and all of you will be fine with me taking a break so I was like, oh, yeah, it's interesting because I think when I first when I first read that character, Julian, I was kind of like, eh, OK, I guess. But by the end of his book, I was like, yeah, no, I'm sympathetic to like, what must it be like to be like, I don't want to do this anymore, but <laughs> I'm stuck, literally stuck. Um, 
I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I feel the pain. Um, but yeah, the elder races, um, have really just grabbed a hold of me. Um, and I've been enjoying them. So I've been reading them. Um, so next week, uh, is probably going to be a mix of that and something else, maybe, perhaps. Because all I have left are the novellas that focus on Pia and Dragos and their their son. Um, I didn't. I wanted to sort of read all of those together, so I haven't gotten to those. And those are I have those, and then Shadows End, which is a full book, which is one of the Griffins, and Beluvial, the consort of the Elven guy, who unfortunately passed. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to pause here and then it's going to be gratitude, attitude, latitude. You you know, you know, you know. This week I have one big thing that I'm really grateful for. Um my dad had not been doing so great. He not been in a lot of pain and we were trying to figure out what was going on um and like i don't live in the same country as my parents so of course it's also like i really want to go see them but i can't anyway um luckily the pain has you know he's been working with his pain management team and they have figured out some stuff that works for him and he was able to get two walkers, one for inside and one for outside. And those have been really, really helping. So he's just been doing a lot better. And that has been just like so huge, right? Because it just sucks when, you know, a loved one is going through a difficult time health-wise and you know that you can't just like fly immediately to them, right? I mean, because everything is a little, you know, a little bit, a little bit crazier right now. And also, you know, like flights are, ooh, girl, that price of points. I mean, if you're trying to like plan far out in advance, they're not that bad. But anything like I need to fly out in a week or two, ooh, they asking for money, money, <laughs> money, money dipped in gold money. Um, But yeah, it was just really, really good to hear that he was he's been feeling better and been able to get rest and it just felt so so good and such a relief um so that really is like the one big thing like because yeah, i mean and i mean uh, i got food in the house and i got a bed and i got an ac that works which is amazing because it's been a little warm a little toasty a little moist out there um but yeah the big one is just um that my dad is doing doing better anyway thank you guys so much for listening um sorry it was late i will do better next week i promise um but yes thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoy let me know if you guys are reading um this series or if there's another paranormal i think i want to start the ice planet barbarians i think i'm gonna do it because i finally have kindle unlimited um I, I, I jumped, I jumped and did it. Um, so yeah, I, I, might, I might, I might go down that rabbit hole. I might go down that rabbit hole. I don't know. I don't know yet. Um, I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. 
anyway thank you guys so so much have a wonderful rest of the week have a fantastic weekend and i will talk to you guys next week bye